Welcome to Inside USF, the podcast. I'm Tom Wolf with University Communications and Marketing. With spring practices wrapping up for the Bulls football team, it's a good time to discuss the planning for an on-campus stadium. Joining me are Michael Kelly, Vice President of Athletics, and Jay Strollman, CEO of the USF Foundation, the co-chairs of the Stadium Planning Committee. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Michael, question to start with for you. We've heard the word transformational used frequently to describe this project. What's meant by transformational? Well, when I, to, to me, it, as, as the definition of the word goes, this is one of those rare opportunities that it, uh, when, when it affects so many aspects of the university and the university as a whole, it kind of just registers with me as something being transformational. And so while it certainly has a, a very strong um, opportunity and, and great assets to the athletic department, but to me what excites me is just the, the whole aspect of how it affects the whole, the whole campus, how it affects student life, how it will affect the way that our campus can engage with the greater community, how it will allow alums and other uh, friends of the university and, and even locals to get their first interaction with the university to come back that much more often. So when you have something that way, it just registers as transformational to me for sure. Jay, let me get your thoughts on how a stadium can deepen connections with alumni, friends of USF, and the community at large. Yeah, I think Michael said it well, Tom. Uh, this would give us the ability for not only our alumni to come back, uh, but our community to actually engage on our campus. You know, that's kind of the missing piece. Raymond James Stadium is a phenomenal stadium. Uh, but it doesn't showcase our campus. It doesn't give us the ability to have people come onto our campus where they might go to the bookstore, they might go into the Mooma College of Business, they might go over to engineering, um, they might go by Greek Village, just all the things you experience on on-campus days that, yes, the football game and what's going on in the on-campus stadium is important, but people walking back on campus, seeing the growth of the campus, it just ignites uh, everybody's passion for it. We have six or seven home football games each year. What other uses might there be for a stadium? Well, for me, it's obviously there's, depending on what could be connected to or in or nearby the stadium, there's obviously the opportunity for uh, daily use of it, whether it's for certainly the use of the athletic department. I can see us using it for practice opportunities. Other universities have had opportunities for student body and the student community to use it, whether it's running the steps or to uh, doing things from a physical fitness standpoint. but. What I mean about what we grow into it is, is the different areas within the, in the stadium is to the opportunity to um, have hospitality areas, to have club areas that the faculty could use at large. Those are things that we want to look at ways to activate each and every day. And it's still too early to really determine exactly how. But then beyond that, how do you look at it for uh, you know, other, other events? Certainly the, I'm captivated by the homecoming kind of concerts that, uh, that the student body does that, that could obviously create a whole new opportunity to do that in our new outdoor stadium and um, you know, potentially commencement if everyone wanted to risk that type of opportunity in the, in, in the weather, which many universities across the country do. Uh, so to me, it just opens up a whole, to have a, a venue of that magnitude, that size, uh, really the, the opportunities are endless and it's really up to us to, to make uh, maximum use of this asset. So that's what's so exciting and why it impacts so many aspects, so many departments of the university that, that we're glad we've gotten involved in these early stages. At the last Board of Trustees meeting, uh, two of you shared the Planning Committee's recommendation for one of the five sites you had been considering. I wonder if you'd talk about that location 
and what you see as its advantages, either both of you? Well, I'll, I'll start it off. I mean, to, to, to me, there's, there's two major factors. And, and uh, uh, when we evaluated all the different sites, they all had advantages and disadvantages to consider. But what I like most about this particular site is two things. Number one, being within the athletic district, I think, allows us to possibly have um, what I would consider as, as uh, looking at athletic departments across the country, maybe the most concise and uh, footprint and, and, and maybe the very best athletic district I'm familiar with from a logistical standpoint to have all of our assets from a football stadium, tennis facility, soccer facility, track, uh, Yangling Center Arena, all within a couple hundred yards of each other is, is really unheard of. And specifically to be able to have the take advantage of the relative youth of our university and be able to master plan it to be that way is very, very special. It'll serve us all well. Uh, deep into decades beyond now. But what I also like so much about it is the proximity. Uh, we, we really took into account the proximity to student housing uh, access for, for students. And uh, this is the one site that had the, the greatest number of uh, housing units in, in close walking proximity. So to think everybody coming down Holly Boulevard, the Greek village that Jay alluded to a moment ago, uh, the unique experience I think we can create um, from a game day experience in this in this district, surrounded by some of the green land and everything around this 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 site, it's all very special. And then on a lesson a lesser state scale, but still pretty important and pretty cool, is the fact that the historical uh, being fitting from a historical perspective, this exact site is where our first football team practiced back 27 years ago when we had our first team. So to kind of have our the very first drops of sweat and blood that that started on these Sycamore fields will now ultimately be our our permanent home is pretty special, so it's kind of a neat, unique historical fitting tie. Yeah, I would say just activating that side of campus. We've got a lot of building going on on this campus now with the Judy Genshaft Honors College, the new wellness center, kind of on that side of campus. You know, having an on-campus stadium where this site is located, I think even activates this side of campus even more. And Michael said it well, the proximity to our housing um, our Greek village and other buildings that are around this area. I, I really think there's a neat synergy that can happen and really, you know, uh, activate our campus. I have to say, my own experience, I didn't go to school here. I went to a big ton school. Saturday home football games were great experiences. They were a lot of fun. And it was, I dare say, from morning till night, yeah, it absolutely is. It's, it's kind of, uh, you know, college football is a somewhat unique American tradition that uh, activates not only something that, that fans are passionate about that like the sport, but uh, just, just the community environment as a whole is, is opens exactly. opportunities. Exactly, people Even together. if you don't go to the game, how do you socialize? How do you have a chance to, I mean, one of the best examples I can think of is when I go to games at Notre Dame throughout my career, it activates the whole entire campus. Uh, you know, there's lectures going on in the different colleges. The ADs kind of holding an open forum in one of the auditoriums. The president's giving a speech. There's tailgating in each and every, or, or some sort of hospitality feature going on in every college building. So, it's just a, and that's the kind of thing that we envision for this, and it can be very activating. I, I mean, Jay said it well earlier when, when you talk about have an opportunity to bring people back to campus or maybe to the campus for the very first time. I've had guests of mine, and this is, you know, it's, it's kind of holds true with our basketball facility at the Yangling Center. When I have guests come join me, I had someone uh, in this one of these recent seasons that had graduated from here, still lives in Tampa, hadn't really been back to campus or had been, not been in that building since her graduation, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, so trying to find ways to continue to keep coming back. Uh, just gives us another outlet, and, and she was amazed at what had happened then. So I, I dare think, to Jay's point, with all the construction we've got going on now and the growth that we're 
seeing and, and the uh, success that we're having as a university, I think it's just a, I mean, you just think about what that means exponentially uh, with uh, engagement and opportunities for the community to feel and touch the university. Jay, also during that last Board of Trustees meeting, you shared important news about a financial commitment toward the stadium, a generous $5 million gift from Frank and Carol Morsani. Can you talk about how a complex university like USF can balance multiple fundraising priorities, such as securing gifts for a stadium and athletics, along with a wide range of academic priorities at the same time? I can because we do it every day. Um, you know, we, we have a tremendous team that works on behalf of the university, and there's so many needs at a university, uh, whether it's in uh, the business school, engineering, USF Health. So it really is up to the individual donors. We talk about being donor-centric here. What moves a donor to make a gift? Well, it's all about impact. And there are lots of donors out there that have different um, experiences and want to have impact on different parts of the university. So uh, we have a big enough team, and the university is, Tom, like you said, very complex, where there's so many opportunities to have impact and make a difference that we see donors gravitate to all kinds of things. And we'll, we'll have a lot of donors that will give uh, to the on-campus stadium and other things that's generally – you know, uh, as Michael knows in athletics, athletics is a great gateway to get people engaged at the university and coming on the campus and they see a program or they hear a lecture, like Michael said, from uh, a dean or a faculty member, they get excited about that and next thing you know, they're down in a chair or giving money for a program there. So uh, we do it every day. Our chairman says this, I think it's kind of funny, it's simplistic. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, and we do, and, and we will continue to do that. And the good thing about USF is there's so many areas that people can get involved in and give and do at this moment, and we don't expect that to change. Michael, sticking with the, the monetary side of this, what revenue streams is USF missing out on by not having its own stadium that could help offset some of the costs of this project? Yeah, well, you know, as Jay said, we play in a wonderful facility right now at Raymond James. It's state-of-the-art. It's, it's uh, first class. It hosts Super Bowls. It hosts us. It hosts the Buccaneers. It's a wonderful place. Um, and we're, we're fortunate to play there. And while we have a, ris a very reasonable business situation there in terms of our rent and be able to play something of that quality, what we don't have is uh, a lot of revenue streams, which, which we will. Like right now, we really get – we certainly get our ticket revenue. We get a handful of – parking spots we're able to utilize we get some of our game day sponsorship revenue in our current lease but when you kind of have a chance to run your own stadium you get uh, pretty much everything associated with parking with concessions <laughs> with naming rights to the stadium itself with, uh, with with any other ancillary revenues that can kind of go on each and every day so uh, not to mention the suite revenue and, and and the premium seating kind of revenue so all those all those revenue streams at first are going to be what we're going to have to utilize and Jay and his team and us will be working on over the next couple of months when we figure out the, the ultimate financial uh, strategy to this but some of that will be used to kind of help build the facility early on and then that becomes a long-term opportunity to kind of help uh, just revenue bottom line for the athletic department so it, it'll open bottom line is it opens up many revenue sources that currently uh, go to the either the Tampa Sports Authority or the Buccaneers that will now become uh, the rights of the University of South Florida. So when do we hope a stadium might open? Well, that's a great question. We have a very uh, 
great leaders and, and President Law and, and Chairman Weatherford who uh, have aspirations for 2026. So that's what we're working very hard to make happen in terms of opening up in that, in that season. Jay laid out a timeline at the Board of Trustees meeting where we think we have very reasonable timelines to either hit the 26 or 27 season. So that's the that's what we're shooting for. And, uh, you know, we keep making the kind of progress we've been making over the last couple of months with the good work of many people, then I feel confident we'll hit those. What's next in the planning process? Well, it's figuring out the financial model. You know, that's the, I call it not the million dollar question, but the hundred million dollar question. And we've got a great uh, subcommittee that's looking at all the different revenue options, streams. Um, we've studied the last 10 years, all the stadiums that have been built uh, and some that are currently going up now and how did they finance it? What were the different uh, streams that they use? So I think we're putting all that together and, you know, Michael and I's hope is we're able to come back to the board this summer with a financial plan that allows us to move forward with building an on-campus stadium that everybody can be proud of. Any other thoughts? Well, just one of excitement. I mean, it's just uh, to when you get a chance to even dream big and, and, and look big at to, to something that will not only be impactful for, for us in the very near future, but back to your first question about being transformational, it's really what this means long term. And I, I've sensed a lot of support for it in the university community. I sense a lot of excitement. And for those that might still be on the fence, I guess I just can keep challenging them to, to think about what this kind of just adds in in terms of intangibles and what it means for the university long term. So many universities, as you mentioned, you went to a Big Ten school, it added a lot to your campus experience, uh, whether you were a huge fan of it or not. And you got to think 10, 20, 30, 100 years down the road um, in terms of what, what that could mean to this and what it means to cam you know, campus life and what it means to whatever percentage happens to like football. Uh, but as it, what it adds into the other things of, of campus life is just so important. And I think for this university to reach its fullest potential, even if I wasn't the athletic director, I would tell you that having an on-campus stadium is, is probably part of that equation. And I think our board of trustees obviously agrees with that, and certainly President Law agrees with that. Anything further, Jay? No, I, I echo what Michael said. Just we, we sense a lot of enthusiasm and passion out there. and. I would agree, you know, we, our hope is that all of our faculty, staff, uh, students uh, get excited about this opportunity, want to want to see this succeed, and it will be transformative in ways that I think people can't even see. Uh, we've all been at other universities where we know what an on-campus stadium means from a lot of different angles, and I think, you know, people maybe that have not had that experience don't really understand that it's it's more than just a football stadium. It'll, it's great for our football team, our athletic department, but it's even better for our university when you talk about marketing, exposure, branding. Um, you know, just look no further what's going on in the NCAA basketball tournament right now with St. Peter's College. You know, who knew where St. Peter's College was until they won one or two games in the tournament, and now they've had so much publicity just through athletics. Uh, it's been terrific. So I, I think you'll see that here, and, and it'll set this university up for great things in the future. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for listening. We welcome your ideas for future episodes. Please visit MyUSF or directly at usf.edu slash insideusf to share your suggestions. Special thanks to our production team at WUSF Public Media. Our theme music, a song called Black Bucket Stump, is courtesy of Jack Wilkins, director of jazz studies in our School of Music, and comes from his CD, 
The Blue and Green Project on Summit Records. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on MyUSF or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Copyright 2022, the University of South Florida.